Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Vineyard Bible Ministry Podcast. I am your host, Diana Tucker. We're going to have an awesome and blessed podcast today. But before we get started, I would like to thank God for his grace, guidance, and mercy. And I believe that he is the one true living God. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in and spending time to listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. I pray and I hope that this podcast will be a blessing to you like it's a blessing to me because we are all a work in progress. So let us get ready to receive the message that God has in store for us today. And again, welcome to the Vineyard Bible Ministry Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Vineyard Bible Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Tucker. So we have Evangelist Delilah Johnson back with us again. Her last uh, podcast was very powerful. Um, it, it had a lot of a lot of listeners. A lot of people listened to that podcast. Really? Yeah, it, it was very powerful, especially the first week. Okay. And um, I even had friends that listened to the podcast, and they listened to it more than once. Really? Because they were very, um, they were very moved with what you were saying, mm-hmm. and they liked how you were very upfront and real about what, what was going on in your life. Right. And how you kept emphasizing on obedience, and I think that's what a lot of people are missing mm-hmm. when it when it uh, comes to uh, God's word and just you know doing what God asks them to do. So again, paneling back, I just want to welcome you back to the Vineyard Bible Ministry podcast. Thank you. And um, how have you been? Been great. Staying busy, um, <laughs> trying to create these two businesses I have and. Um, just still serving, of course, mm-hmm. and just trying to stay in line with uh, what God has for me. Amen. Amen. So going back to the podcast, I know you shared a lot of, um, I don't want to say like challenges that happen in your life, but you shared with us a lot of growth that has happened from you totally dedicating your life to God. I, I want to talk about that. Like, we know we, we know where you at right now, but how did you really get there? Right. So, I think last time we were together, um, I talked about the domestic violence situation that mm-hmm. I had happen to me, mm-hmm. and I would say that would be my life's turning point. Okay. Because um, at that point in time. I did not have a spiritual life. I didn't know who God was. I didn't even know who I was, Mm -hmm. you know. And so um, I was married. um, uh, How old was I? I think I was 26, 27 years old when I got, no, 26 when I got married. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband at a point in the marriage became uh, abusive. And he would beat me. And Mm -hmm. so um, the first year of marriage that didn't happen. It was more the second year mm-hmm. when all of that, you know, started occurring. Mm-hmm. And so I was being beat on Friday and, you know, black eye all through the weekend. And by the time I'm going back to work on Monday, mm-hmm. you know, the black eye is clearing up, you know, right. but, you know, people I was working with, you know, they could see that, um, 
I had, you know, been been, you know, beaten on. And, you know, they asked, you know, about it and things like that. But it, it went on for some time after that. Oh, okay. And so um, speaking on domestic violence, um, I would say that um, growing up and seeing situations and being around situations, um, I, I think it kind of made it look like some of the things that I was experiencing normal. Right. You know, which is typical mm-hmm. of someone who doesn't know, you know, just exactly how to identify that you're in an abusive situation. Right. You know? I think, like, for me, I I can relate because with my first husband's, um, my daughter's dad, it was more on both ends where the verbal abuse was there and, and the physical was there. And and I think that instead of expressing verbally how you were feeling, mm-hmm. people tend to use hands. Right. Instead of saying, this is what's going on with me at work, or you know, I don't like the way things are going in my life. Right. And so instead of using words, they use their hands. And I went through the same thing. And um, my turning point was I was pregnant. And I I did not want my daughter to be raised up in that. Right. So I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to have to make this conscious decision. Like when this child is is born, like I need to get my LVN. I need I need to really get my life together. And my turning point was that we was about to move into a house, like rent a house, and um, in Lemon Grove, and he pretty much kind of lost it because he wouldn't get our car fixed and I was catching the bus to work and what I had to wind up do I had to go behind his back and buy a, buy a car oh, okay. and he felt like I wasn't allowing him to have control over our finances and that was a catalyst where I was like I can't I can't right. so just from you know listening to you just now it and I never really like to talk about it, you know, because it's painful. But just listening to you, it I could see where my growth was at. Because it's hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Especially if you love someone. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, at some point, you you did get along with that person, you know. I remember we would I would sit and bef- you know before we got married, we would sit and we would have we would talk for mm-hmm. hours on end, and then he became a completely different person. Yeah, you know, and so it was hard. I, you know, I I know what heartache feels like. There is a feeling to heartache, mm-hmm. and I felt that heartache even though he was abusive towards me. Um, I still felt that heartache when, you know, it was time for us to go our separate ways. Right. But it really got interesting, I'll say that, mm-hmm. um, because I think at the time I was experiencing what they call, like, battered wife syndrome. I don't know if, if you ever heard the term, mm-hmm. but it's where, you know, you kind of, like, flash on the person who's abusive to you, and you hurt them. Basically, is what okay. I'm saying. So, I wind up shooting my first husband, mm. and I was in the military while all this happened. I'm just, I'm, 
you know, God was all in it. I'm just going to tell you that. Right. And I know that it was meant to happen. Now I know it was meant to happen. When I get to the story, right? You, well, to the end of the story, you'll see mm-hmm. that God was all in it. But um, I didn't. I was still in the military. I was in active duty, and um, I was able to go and and finish my business on with the Navy mm-hmm. and get honorably discharged. Mm-hmm. Basically, they just swept it under the rug because they knew I was getting beat. And if they would have like taken me to captain's mass for doing this, mm-hmm. then uh, the whole explanation would have came out that everybody knew that I was being beaten on. Wow. You know, so they swept it under the rug. And it's okay because, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Yes. So I wound up um, doing four months in jail after I got out the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when I got out of, out of jail, I was uh, pregnant, got pregnant with my son, Jordan. Mm, okay. And so... Um, it was it was crazy because my whole life changed. Here I am, someone, you know, I had been in the military for ten years. That's all I knew, and then boom, it was gone, gone. Yeah. In one act, gone. And I was, I didn't know if I was gonna, gonna be able to make it. And I wasn't saved. I didn't know God. I didn't know nothing. Mm. You know, and like I, you know, gave testimony the last time I was here, right. the Holy Spirit told me, hey, you know, you need to get in church while I was pregnant with my son. But to go back to the domestic violence, I wound up having to go to domestic violence counseling. <laughs> I know you're like, why? So so this is where God comes in. Okay. Right? I was mad. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm the one that's getting beat on me and I right. decide I'm going right. to do something. But you know what? Let me tell you. I heard the spirit of God in my head telling me, tell him you're guilty. Admit to what you've done. Yes, I shot you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to. I could have walked away, which I've learned later. But getting back to going to go to the domestic violence class. Well, you know what? Let me go back to the jail. Girl, everybody <laughs> in the jail, they just love me. They were like, what are you doing here? You're not even a criminal. Yeah. You did what? Oh, he deserved it. I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> You know, but I'm just saying, it was a it was a journey being in jail for four months. These people, I mean, it was crazy. I'll have to talk about that another time. But yes, y'all, I've been to jail. I had a felony. It's expunged now. But anyway, God is good. No, but, you know, I had to go through the domestic violence training. But this is what I got out of it. I got to know first myself, because they talk about the victim and how a person is victimized. How is a person a victim in domestic violence? And they show how the aggressor, some of the things that the aggressor does to, uh, you know, gain control over the individual that they're aggressive to, wow. right? Right. So now I'm seeing, okay, that was me, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I, but I had to turn it around, and now I'm having to say that I was the abuser. Do you know how difficult that was? I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I did. It's like they want you to take a, accountability for the abuse, right, right, but not for your response right. to the abuse. Exactly. And so, I mean, it's, it was what it was. And uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad I went through it. And I'll tell anybody that is experiencing it as whatever side you're on, go. And go with an open mind and an open heart to learn something. Right. Because domestic violence, I believe, is a learned behavior. I believe if someone... Um, has been aggressive to you, and this is just my belief, and people can disagree if they want, 
and I, you know, I'm just talking about my experience. I've been around, I've been at, spend the night at people's house where their parents were fighting. You know right. what I'm saying? And then, you know, my parents are fighting. You know what I'm saying? I've seen right. fighting. And so. And then it plays when, when you see it and you hear it from a child and then when you become an adult, like what you said earlier, it seemed like it's the norm. Yes. And it's like, and if you don't have it in the relationship that you're thinking like, okay, I got to throw a monkey wrench in it. Right. Because this is not normal where there's no fighting, there's no right. arguing. You right. know, it's like it, it becomes your comfort zone. Yes. It's like consciously yes. you're saying, I don't want to be in a domestic relationship. Right. But subconsciously, it's kind of sad that you are. It's just like I had um, like years ago when um, I think it was like a couple of years or probably like five years after my first divorce, I had a friend and she was a very cool woman. I mean, I enjoyed working with her and I brought her home, you know, to visit my mom because I think we was going to her house and I was dropping off my daughter. And my mom pulled me aside. She said, don't, you shouldn't really hang around her. She's, my mom said, she's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm a grown woman. I'm in my late 20s. What are right. you talking about? Yeah. I would have picked that up. Because my mom's like, no, she's a function, you know, a functioning alcoholic. Right. So as soon as I went to her house, she guzzled, you know, like those wines, those yeah. gallon wines. She was, she drunk it all to herself. And I'm like, do you always do this? She said, yeah, girl, all the time. Oh, wow. And I was like, how did my mom pick that up? Right. And then I had to remember, you know, that when, when you're around people that drink, especially if you have it in your family, you're totally unaware of all the signs. Because right. subconsciously, it's like, it's kind of like your comfort zone. Right. And then getting back to the domestic violence mm-hmm. thing where um, the abuser separates um the abusee from family. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, a lot of times they don't know what you're going through because you're too embarrassed to tell them about right. what's going on. You That's know? true. And so, well, from my experience, I'm saying mm-hmm. this. And so people go for a long time without ever saying anything or dealing with it. I actually lost my sister in law to domestic violence. Mm. And so coming up here, um, on domestic violence month next month, right? It means a lot, you know. Um, so I I don't know. I just you know, I think people there's a lot of healing that needs to happen, mm-hmm. you know, with with men and women. Right. And um, I think the first thing we have to do is just admit when we're wrong. That is so hard for a lot of people because that word pride mm-hmm. won't let them right. apologize. Right. Um, and then, you know, the sad part is, is that some people may not never get the opportunity yeah. to apologize, right. you yeah. know. And it's really sad that when people don't have the opportunity to apologize for their action in the domestic violent relationship, is that healing may not never happened, you know? Like, for me, it took a while because I had to keep telling myself not to become bitter. Right. Because I didn't want my daughter to think that I hate her dad, you know? I just dislike what he did. Right, exactly. And I just dislike what happened. But you have people that have, 
even though they say they don't, but people still have bitterness in their heart. Oh, yeah. And that's stopping them from healing. Healing, yes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that having bitterness, you know, can send you to hell. So it's best that you... Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. No, that's you, what the, it, that's what the says. Bible I'm says. Not, that's what I'm the not, Bible you says. Know, not trying to, you know, beat anybody over the head. But mm-hmm. forgiveness is not for them; it's for you. Yeah. You know, and uh, hey, I forgave the guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, he came and saw me while I was pregnant. Okay. Uh, he's no, he came to the hospital after I had my son, and brought me flowers and and signed the divorce papers and all this other stuff. But you know what? I know I had to go through that situation. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it had to stop somewhere. Because violence perpetuates violence. Yeah. You know, and just like you said, you didn't want your daughter exposed to it. Mm-hmm. I was going to break that cycle yes. by not exposing my son to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that a lot of that mm-hmm. is a learned behavior, yes. I was determined to, mm-hmm. you know, first, one, get better. Yeah. Because when you're... I, I, this is another thing I learned. When you're healthy, you can identify, like right now, I can identify, you know, hey, that would be a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, when you meet someone and you're dealing with them, you can see, you know, something could be problematic. Don't overlook it. Right. There are signs in the beginning right. that people, you know, choose to ignore. Right. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want that, well, God, first and foremost, didn't want that cycle to continue. Right. You know, because it creates a lot of brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you got to heal um, in order to help others. You right. know what I mean? And so. Right. Well, it's, it's not only just that, sis. It's like um, when you have a ministry, you don't want to make people think your life was, was just perfect. It was not. <laughs> and, you know, I just got saved. And, you know, before I got saved, my life was perfect. No. We were all lost. We were all caught up in our sin, and we all went through something. Yes, it's just that some people tend to share, and some people, you know, don't want to share, and and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are people out there that feel like nobody don't understand mm-hmm. what I'm going through, and what we go through in our life is a testimony. Yes, that with God. It's possible. All things are possible. It's possible that you can heal. Yes. It's possible. Yes, it is. And you know what? I thank God for what he's done in my life. I really do. Because it could have been, I could be buried six feet under somewhere. Right. And my life, you know, be totally different. Right. You know, I mean, I was going through a lot. Alcoholism, Mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts, Mm -hmm. you name it. You know, that, and, and, and all for what? Because of an experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you feel hopeless. Like, I can't get out of this. Yeah. The only way out is to to self-destruct. Self-destruct. Yeah, self-destruct. But like I said, I know that God allowed me Mm -hmm. to experience what I experienced to be a testimony to someone else who may be going through something similar. And to those people out there that are, are abusers... You know, God is forgiving you, Amen. and so forgive yourself. Yes. You know, forgive yourself. Get some help. Get some therapy. Talk to someone, mm-hmm. and don't be ashamed. Talk to someone that you trust. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like you said, a lot of times people don't want people to know their business. Just talk to someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, like you said, we're holding it in and we're not talking and we're not getting that that help that we need. And then yeah. as a victim even, mm-hmm. you know, tell someone that you trust, you yeah. know. You know, the first thing to do is to get away from this situation. Because, yes. like, you know, like I was saying earlier, my sister-in-law lost her life, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I wish it was different, you know what I'm saying? It's so been so traumatic yeah. to my nieces and nephews that their mother is no longer there. Yeah. You know, and um, it's not it's not good. Yeah, and I, and I can't imagine, you know, to actually see someone go through that, you know, your nieces and nephews, and it's like, with them, it's a 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's like either they become the perpetrator, right. or they may get abused. Right. It's so like 50-50. It's crazy because, like, I can identify situations by looking at them, mm-hmm. meaning... I know when you're starting to do things that an abuser would do. Right. You know, and I've had conversations with people, hey, you know, that's something an abuser, you know, would do. Yeah, the characteristics. Yeah. You know, and then I stopped stopped someone from killing their spouse. Let me tell you that. I was out somewhere Mm -hmm. at an event one night, and the Holy Spirit told me to ask this young lady, hey, do you have a gun at home? And she said, yes, I do. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell her, Go home and take it out of your house. Wow. Just that, I mean. Wow. Just those words. Yes, yes. I don't know why I was saying it, but I I obey God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So the next time I saw her, you know what she told me? Hey, that night I was going to go home and kill my husband because he was being abusive to me. Wow. (laughs) I was like, what? So this, this... me getting saved, me be, being filled with the Holy Spirit, me going through what I went through, it, it saved somebody else's life. And who knows how many other people, because I've talked to people about my situations before, my situation before. You know, this is not the first time. I know it's not about me. Right. It's about God and what God can, can do through me. Yeah. You know, he's, he was very gracious and very mm-hmm. merciful mm-hmm. to both me and my ex-husband. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, there's always hope, you know, when you, even if you think that you don't deserve God's love, mm-hmm. there's nothing that you can do that's, that's, that can stop him from loving you. Right. You know, and hey, get some healing, yes. you know. But I'm going to tell you like this, mm-hmm. you know, people go to the doctor when they get a cut. Mm-hmm. But where do you go when your spirit is broke and needs to be fixed? Yes. Honey. You gotta go and get your spirit fixed. Yes. For a lot of these situations. Exactly. You know, I'm I'm serious. A lot of these situations that we deal with, only God can fix. Only God can fix it. And a lot of people are. I mean, if you look at the conditions of the church, mm. the church is supposed to be our our hospitals, right? Our spiritual hospitals, right? And some people don't even feel that, you know, going to church, hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm repenting and and giving it all to God. A lot of people don't feel that anymore. Right. So, like, what you said earlier, you know, talk to someone and and, and most importantly, stay in prayer because God will lead someone to you to pray with you and pray over you. Yes. And 
that's what we need right now because there's a lot of, I mean, just when you just think about the pandemic, about, you know, uh, all these divorce rates was going up right, and, yeah. and all of a sudden people realize I, I can't stand my spouse. Right. <laughs> but, but, but before the pandemic, everything was fine and right. now you can't stand the person. Right. So it, everything had just changed like dramatically with the dynamic of the family. It has. But you know, God has called us to, you know, to to love each other unconditionally. Yes. And then, like, when it comes to husbands and wives, mm-hmm. what does he say? That, you know, mm-hmm. we're to love each other like we, we love Christ. Christ, like, yeah. Like Christ loved the church. Uh, yeah. And um, a lot of people have never even seen that scripture, and they've gotten married, you know. So how do you know how to treat your spouse? You know, God created marriage. Right. You know. Sure did. And so, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I got married again. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it had its challenges. But let me tell you the good thing is that we're, we are we are separated, mm-hmm. but we're still good friends. Yes. If we, if this had happened, this situation that happened, if that had happened a, a long time ago, I don't know if I would be able to say that, but I can say that now unequivocally that I love him. Right. You know, I love him. And I would not do or say anything that, you know, would hurt him. You know right. what I mean? Right. You know, and so. And I think that's, that's maturity. And and that's part of healing. It is because I have nothing against my first husband. I'm gonna always care for him and wish him well. Right. But that's all. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 nothing more else. You've heard the I term do. nuclear yeah. family. You yeah. have a nuclear family. Right. Now. Because, like you were saying, that's your daughter's father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's still family. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. I still Your ask. daughter is eventually going to have children. Yeah. And guess what? Exactly. He's going to be grandpa. But you know what's so <laughs> funny is that um, I always, like, every now and then, like, how's your dad? And right. and she's like, oh, he's he's doing okay. And then that's as far as the conversation goes. That's because right. I'm not bitter you towards them. I mean, like, yeah. let me say this. People would be a lot happier if they would let the bitterness go. Yeah. And do they not understand that? It no. takes way more. How many? It takes way more muscles to frown. Yeah, than, than it, it is does to, to smile. smile. You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, this, what does stress and all of that stuff do to you? Mm-hmm. It causes sickness. Yeah. You know, mental health. Yeah. You know, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not healthy. No. You know what? I, I want to live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If living means that I need to forgive some people and let some people go, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Now, back to the church. Look, ain't no church perfect. You got to look Amen. at the churches that existed over 3,000 years ago that Paul Hello. preached about. You know, Paul was preaching. Even Jesus talked about in Revelation. Right. I'm like, you know what? You still got to, you know what? We still have to get somewhere. Don't look at man. Because this is the thing. They're um, lifting up man higher than what they're supposed to. Yes. You know, he puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we as lay people, we do have a responsibility. Right. We are those, the the face of God. So I, I, I understand that and I get that that we should carry ourselves in a way mm-hmm. that would not um, cause um, our brother or our sister to stumble, especially if you're trying to get them to come to Christ. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
that's in the Bible too, that we're supposed to conduct ourselves, you know, in a way yes. that, you know, draws people, people. to God, not drives yeah. them away. Yeah, that's you know? true. And now where we're at, it's a lot of it's supposed to be a lot of evangelism going on <laughs> right about now. Yeah, that's that's what we're supposed to be doing right now is doing a lot of evangelism, mm -hmm. you know, because the condition of the world right. hasn't changed <laughs> over yeah. hundreds of years. It's yeah. still sin. Sin's still here. Yes. So we, we got to go out and we got to win souls for the kingdom. Yes, we do. Well, sis, I, I really enjoy talking to you and I, I appreciate you coming back and, uh, and you know, again, sharing your, your testimony, how God, again, redeemed you and how he continued to keep blessing you. Yes. And, and using your life as a testimony to encourage others that, you know, God does save and forgive he and does. he teaches you the same thing in your life towards you know what happened with you and your and your ex-husband yes. so but god is good he is he is good well as always everyone when you get the opportunity and if you still have bitterness in your heart we encourage you to to use this time to to have that conversation with the person because, you know, domestic violence is increasing um, because we could tell by the, the shifting of the world how um, Satan is getting a hold, not only just with our children, but, you know, with our loved ones, our family, our friends. And we, we see it on the social media. It's there. We need to continue to pray for one another, lift this world up in prayer and fully arm ourselves with the armor of God because oh, I could say this world is just wicked and, and it's and it's heartbreaking. And I know that if we could feel the pain of the of the world, we know that Christ is feeling it too. So continue to love one another and and just continue to go out and share the word of God and keep each other encouraged. So as always, read the scriptures, apply it to your life, and may God be with you always. Thank you so much for listening to the Vineyard Bible Ministry Podcast. I pray that you was blessed with the message. And if you have enjoyed the message and would like updates of new episodes, please subscribe and share with others. You can also leave us a message on the link that is posted on the podcast page and you can follow us on our website, www.vbministry.com, www.vbministry.com. You can get updates of our Bible studies, request prayer, and if you would like to contact us. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. May God bless you in every aspect of your life. Take care.